0: Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com.
1: that's it. It's all over. win Hobart. They win the fifth test and more importantly... They win this Ashes series 4-0. Welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast.
2: Australia wrapped up the Ashes 4-0 on another day that was completely dominated by the ball. Australia started the day with a lead of just over 150, but Mark Wood's six wickets meant that England needed 271 for a consolation victory. And when openers Roy Burns and Zach Crawley put on 68 runs for the first wicket, the highest opening stand of the whole series, English fans were up and about but things came crashing down very quickly as Australia took all 10 wickets for just 56 runs. Louis Cameron spoke to Ricky Ponting as the final few wickets tumbled in Hobart, proudly brought to you by HCL, the official digital technology partner of Cricket Australia.
1: I'm here with Ricky Ponting on day three of the Hobart test. It could be the final day. We're not 100% sure. We're still about an hour away from Stumps, but we've just witnessed a pretty special spell from Cameron Green. Ricky, I mean how, how magical was that?
2: Yeah, no, it was. Look, it, it I mean, we say it probably almost on a daily basis now about how exciting this young man is and the talent that he has. Whether it's, you know, most of the series, the start of the series anyway, we're talking up his bowling prowess because we had a bit of an idea about his batting and not so much about his bowling, but um his bowling's God just gone through the roof, hasn't this series? It's been it's been hostile, it's been skillful. Um you know, he hasn't leaked runs. Every time he's come on in a spell, he's looked dangerous and, and hit his lines and legs straight away. Uh, and it just goes to show today when, you know, have the beauty of having someone like that and all-rounder like that in your team. You know, they initially, you know, start Cummins and, and Bowling, you know, struggle to get the breakthroughs. And then you've got your fourth seamer there that is bowling as good as any of them that can that can come, up, come on and, and get the breakthroughs for you. And with pace as well. I mean, he's... Mm-hmm. He softened Milan up, hit Milan in the head, softened him up, and then got him out of you know only a few balls later. <laughs> Chopped on again. That's two for green. A similar dismissal. It's bounce,
1: just tightened up Milan. He's
2: in his... no, he's, he, awesome. And and I think a bit has to be a bit of credit has to be given to Scotty as well. Bowling, I think, in that. We talk about batting partnerships a lot. Don't probably give enough attention or pay enough attention ever to bowling partnerships, but England were going along really well, scoring at you know, four and a half and over. And the, the first thing the Australians had to do was stop them scoring. If batting looks easy when the, when the school board's ticking over. They had to stop them scoring. And it was that partnership between Green and Boland that did that. And when they, when they stopped the runs, um, like we know about this game and we've said forever about Test cricket, if you can make it hard to score, then wickets are going to come. And that was a, another great example of that today.
1: You mentioned the pace with Green. Oh, I mean, is the movement as well? Just that that little bit into the left-handers from around the wicket and away from the right-handers over the wicket was that a pretty big key in, in how he bowled today?
2: Yeah, we well, look at the way that Milan got out. Absolutely, um, he troubled him with that ball coming in that what that angle, big angle, and then he gets a bit of movement in the air and off the seam back into the lefty. So. Um, you know at the start of the, the start of the series we're talking about that away movement to the right hand as he troubled he got root with a good one up in Brisbane just a little bit of outswing got him again with the one that left him in in Adelaide um, and we're scratching the surface that's the thing we, t- we say all the time you know such a young man um, still probably learning a bit about himself and his body and, and his own game at test level but it, it, there's some really exciting stuff there that's for sure.
1: And you think about the great test attacks that you you led and uh, and also played in. I mean, they were four man attacks, weren't they? Because you had a a great spinner. This team's got a, a pretty good spinner, and now four legitimate fast bowlers. What, what are the what's the kind of ceiling for, for this attack when you when you think about um, just beyond this summer as well?
2: Well, it's got six or seven really good fast bowlers. That's what we know yeah. now, on the back of seeing Nessa Richardson and Boland uh, and and would only playing the one Test. I mean, that's that's the exciting thing. I think that's what you know success over a long period or sus- sustained success needs depth and, and the depth that we've got now, you would think that these guys um, can, you know, can keep going for a number of years yet. You know, Nathan Lyon's going to keep going for a number of years yet. Um, so yeah, there's a, it just having just having that all around, it just adds so much. Cause if we find it, if one of your quicks or, or even if your only spinner is having an off day, you know, you've got someone else there that's almost equally equipped to get, to get the job done for you. So I know, you know, as captain, I didn't ever really have that luxury to have someone that was that good with the ball. You know, Shane Watson did a serviceable job at different times as an, as an all-rounder. Um, you know, we had guys in one day cricket that could do it. was, you know, Simo and and Michael Clark and, and you know, even Darren Lehman, guys like that. But no one that was as classy and all-rounder probably with the ball. Um, and that's nothing against Watto because Watto was a, a, a very, very good cricketer and, and, you know, more than serviceable bowler, but Cam Green's bowling package Um for a captain, it must be an absolute delight to have that in your lineup.
1: I'm sure that Watto wouldn't be offended. Um, I wanted to ask you, I mean, it might not matter too much in the scheme of things, but the way Australia batted against Mark Wood, um, who took nine wickets for the match, he obviously bowled really well, but there were a lot of kind of caught on the fence hooking kind of scenarios, first and second innings. What did you make of it?
2: You know what? I actually don't mind. I don't mind them seeing getting caught in the fence. I'd rather see them get caught in the fence than get caught down the leg side or get caught at short leg or you know trying to evade one and get caught off the glove. Um, Cam Green will learn from his first innings dismissal because I think he probably only had to get through another couple of balls there and that might have been the end of the spell. But I was critical last year, so I can't go back on that. I was critical on the fact that they didn't take Wagner on and they just sort of stood there and let him dictate. I think it's it's just all – if you're going to play the shot, you're just going to play it well. It's no different than any other shot. It's no different than the cover drive. And there's, when there's three slips in a gully waiting there for you and you play a cover drive um, and you nick it, there's not ever much attention paid to that. But when you play a pull shot and you get caught a deep square leg, there's always a bit more attention paid to that. So and I'm not – and I don't mind seeing it, to be honest. Um, but at the end of the day, um, and with, with Wood today, if you think it's more about a, a – a, game awareness type thing. I guess when Travis got out, he probably only had to get through a few more balls. It might have been the end of his spell. Um Smithy, you know, he would probably only got one more over because Tra- he got the wicket of of head and then Smith got out the next over. So there's those little things there, the game awareness type things that I think it would be a bit more of a worried and and than actual playing of the of the shot.
1: Yeah, no, that uh, that makes sense. I want to ask you about Alex Carey as well, 49 off 88. We spoke a little bit about him yesterday, about you know him his series just being a pass mark. Is it, has it gone up a notch after um you know I know he had some some good fortune but did he go up a notch?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think he did because they were pretty important runs, weren't they? They were hard runs. He had to work hard. He didn't didn't get many boundaries early on. Um, you know he was patient enough. He then got a couple of cover drives away in the one over off off Wokes, I reckon, um, and then had that little bit of luck. Um, but actually when he when he when he got that little bit of luck, I think that it really looked like that switched him back on again. I mean the, the shot he got out to was. A premeditated pull shot because it was nowhere near short enough to play the, that, that shot too. So he, the build-up of pressure was starting to get to him. Um, he got away with one, as you say, with that no ball, and then I think he clicked back into gear, gear again after that. So yeah, look, really important runs, perfect time for him to get him when his team needed him the most, and um, he can take certainly take some confidence from doing
1: that under the pump. The other one I wanted to get your thoughts on tonight, Ricky, was um, Steve Smith, who finishes this series. Interestingly, this is the worst home series of his career um, with an average of 30 so you know you, you know he's, he's going pretty well if 30 is the lowest why do you think he hasn't been able to find his best
2: oh look most batsmen haven't um I think conditions I think that's one thing we, we need to pay a lot of attention to when we start talking about this series with bad and ball I mean there's some remarkable things that have happened with the ball um I think because of the conditions the conditions are, but I've never seen you know, a series of wickets in Australia that have been anywhere near as conducive to to scene bowling as what I've seen here. I mean, the fact we're about to finish a test match and Nathan Lyon hasn't bowled a single ball like that, that's pretty remarkable as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, Melbourne, we saw we got in Melbourne. Sydney was hard work as well. So I think some of it's got to go down to that. Um, He hasn't looked like he's been out of touch to me. All these things that he normally does, his mannerisms and his footwork patterns and all all of that have, have been as they would normally be. I think England's tactics have been pretty good to him as well. They haven't, you know, they haven't really allowed him to come out and dominate. Um, he's had to work hard for every run that he's got. Yeah. And actually, J- J- James Brashaw has actually did look, have a look at some of his stats for the last, well, that'll be four series, I think in Australia. Now I think before this series, he'd averaged 30, about 36 or 37 in his last few home series. And this one is less than that. So look, I, I don't, I can't put my finger on it because nothing, nothing looks like it's changed to me. Um, he just hasn't, he just hasn't got the runs and, at the start, of the, well, actually, right the way through this series, I think you've had to have your fair share of luck to make big scores and make runs. Um, with the exception of Woozie probably in Sydney, anyone else that's got runs has had, you know, either been put down, got bowled for no ball, played and missed 20 or 30 times in innings, and 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 Stephen probably hasn't done that. And that's why I feel a bit, like I said yesterday, I feel a bit for Joe Root as well. Even looking at his dismissal today, it just feels like it's been a series with him where he's hardly made any mistakes, but he's just got out. Um, and that, that's probably the same with Smith as well.
1: Do you think with Smith as well? Like he's missed a lot of cricket in his career, and especially through the what should have been the peak years, he had the ban, and then you know the pandemics has has kind of changed things. Is he the guy kind of guy who missing all these Red Bull tours, especially because Australia haven't been overseas? Has that really hurt him?
2: Oh, look potentially, but yeah, look once again, I don't know, I don't know if I can, I don't, know if I, yeah. I can give a. Insightful answer on that or not, but hmm. you know one thing you know about him, he wouldn't be missing out on batting, and that's for sure. He, whatever he's not doing in the middle, he'll be doing the nets and and getting plenty of work done there. You know, it's maybe that's even something that he needs to look at. You know, is he, you know, at the sort of the back end? Not so much. He's not like he's at the right at the back end of his career, but he's getting closer to the end and the finish. It, you know, does he have to look at trying to find ways to be mentally fresher and and not focus so much into hitting so many balls and you know? But they're all questions that he'll have the answers to. I, I can't give the right answers to those, but. Um, you know the interesting thing for me and a lot of people to talk about you know after he got hit with, from joff and whatever else but on the immediately on the back of that it's probably where he played his best cricket ever so i'm not going to take it back to that i don't think it's anything to do with that i think it's you know it's it's it's, it's there's the standards that he'd set himself um for so long you know that four or five year period that, or not even that three or four year period that he had where he, he took batting to another level to try and maintain that you know for four or five or six years is no one's ever done it and, and no one will probably ever do it in the game and, and you're going to have your ups and downs. And as you say, if he's averaging 37 or whatever it is in Australia, still on the back of a couple of lean years, then you know most other batsmen will take that. And we probably wouldn't even be talking about it. It's just the fact that his standards are so high.
1: Let me phrase it a slightly different way then. Is it a new challenge for him considering, I mean, you think back to the Hobart test in 2016, he was he was shouldering everything. The whole The whole kind of team was on his back. Does he have to find a new niche, I suppose, in a team that might not need his runs as desperately as it used to?
2: Um, I don't think it'll change his mindset at all. I think he's, he's so hungry and determined to be the best that he can be anyway. I don't think he needs um, anyone else. I mean, the other interesting dynamic with it all maybe is, you know, the Manus factor and even other guys that have come in and, and, you know, have dominated like he did, you know, it's, you know, there are other guys that are helping out now. So it, there's lots of things that we can probably think about and ask questions about, but, you um, it's not going to be long you know I know what he's like and he'll look back at this probably you know even though Australia's won the series and looks like they're going to win another one in Hobart he'll look back at his own game and and break it down and and ask himself ask himself those questions as to why things didn't work out or haven't worked out in Australia as he would have liked to for the last few seasons and and he'll come up with the right answers because the the best players as I always say the best players are the best problem solvers and um, if he has got a problem with playing in Australia then he'll work it out pretty quickly I'm sure.
1: Appreciate your time as always, Ricky. Thank you. Good on
2: you, buddy. Thanks, mate.
0: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.